Hello, listen and welcome to Adventist Hall Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Lydia Echeng is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she'll talk about marriage dates. Pastor Stanton Witherspoon will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, he'll be talking about Gideon's 300 men. Stay tuned for this and some songs which in store for you. Here's a song, Yoshua, by Crossroad Singers.
Bwana nguvu kwa mazaya shua Jambo la kwanza uwe na utii daima kwa Mungu wako Utegemee na Mungu amini daima daima uwe tayari kupokea maagizo yake This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Lydia Cheng with the Family Life segment. Be blessed. Hello dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today's topic is marriage dates and guidelines to make them great. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this marriage message. As we share it, we pray that it may be of help in our marriages, that it may help us to build one another up and to love one another as you have loved us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Marriage experts Dave and Claudia Up write, Show us a marriage that is faltering and we'll show you a marriage where the fun is gone. And where the fun is gone, there's a good chance they don't date their mate. Dating is something they did before they got married. It's not in their marriage vocabulary today. However, it needs to be. It's important to keep creating and stockpiling good memories together as husband and wife. It's something that can help us to get through the tough times. Additionally, here's something that Lee Wilson says on this issue. Married life obviously brings stresses and dating life does not. You might even say that dating life is more like a dream and married life is the real world. It's true we can't keep everything that we liked about dating in a marriage, but we can keep many of the things that led us to marriage in the first place. After all, that's what won the heart of your spouse, and that's what will probably continue to win their heart. If things aren't going well in your marriage, try going back to the beginning. You might be surprised how much your relationship improves. So here are a few guidelines to help you as you build good memories together in continuing to date each other. First of all, realize that these guidelines are not commandments. 
So here, glean and see what you and your spouse can use. The purpose of this marriage date is not to be legalistic and formal in how you approach this important event. If these guidelines help, great. If not, then do what does work for you. And if you can pass along any tip to help others, that would also be great. The first guideline is be intentional in finding a way to date each other. Spouses can give all kinds of excuses as to why they can't date each other after marrying. We can't afford a babysitter and we can't afford to go to dinner once a week. It's easy to conclude that if you can't go out often, you may as well not go out at all. But once a month is better than never. Look for creative ways around your tight budget. For instance, choose one night a week to get the kids in bed early, put a pizza in the oven and enjoy an after dinner bath together. Ask the church youth director to organize a free babysitting service project for students. Pick up dinner at a fast food restaurant and head to the local park. Time together doesn't have to be expensive. Take turns being the one in charge of planning the, each date night. Here's what Joe and Amberly Lambert say about this guideline. We sat down and took time to map out who was in charge of date night every week for a year. It was simple, really. We just put two recurring events on our Google Calendar and scheduled them for every other week. One event said, Joe is in charge of date night, and the other said, Amberly is in charge of date night. They popped up with a reminder on our phone in the middle of the week so we would remember to start planning. We paid special attention to things like our birthdays, anniversary, and Valentine's and shifted things accordingly. Furthermore, Wesley Wiley adds this insight. One spouse shouldn't carry the weight of planning date night every time. Taking turns will keep it fun for both of you and make sure to plan ahead. 5 p.m. the day of is not the best time to start planning. I've been guilty of this and it makes a fun process stressful. Don't put too much pressure on the date night. Weekly date night is not the time to make or expect some grand gesture. The purpose of the date night is to get out of your home and reconnect on a very basic level. Sometimes you can get so caught up in the planning, execution, and expectation of a spectacular night of surprises and big events that the actual date can overshadow the most important part, connecting. Plus, the more effort you put into planning every detail, there is more than can go wrong. Take the pressure off. Ban all distractions. Friends and children, however much we love them, do not belong on date night. Neither do mobile phones, blackberries, or anything else that will interrupt your time together. Bring your A-game. This is a date with the most important person in your life. It deserves your full focus and best effort. Imagine how you felt and prepared when you were first dating years ago. Comb your hair, brush your teeth, and get ready. Plan for it to be a good time as much as it is in your ability and make it fun. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says to try to outdo each other in showing honor. Try to outdo each other in giving each other a good date. Mix up as to when you schedule your date. The idea of date night turns off many early bird couples. If mornings suit you better, make plans earlier in the day, like a leisurely breakfast out or a sunrise walk in the park. Date night does not have to occur at night. While I personally like the way date night sounds, date night can actually be in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening. A morning date may be a glass of fresh juice together, an afternoon might include a walk in the park, and an evening date may mean dinner. Pick a day and time that works well for you and your spouse. Marriage dates can be planned for going out somewhere or staying home together. 
You can enjoy your marriage dates together at night or during the morning or day. You also can enjoy going out together or planning your time together at home. Issues are off limits. Date night is not the time for discussion or therapy. It is not a venue to air your grievances. It is a time to enjoy each other's company and get to know each other more intimately. No hot button topics, no finishing fights. It is tempting when you get so little time alone together to use date nights as the time to make decisions and talk things out, but avoid the temptation. Keep it light. Conversations about housekeeping, like whose car needs new tires or problems, like what's up with Mikey's math grades are off limits. Here's what David and Claudia App suggest. Don't talk about your kids. Chances are you already spent more of your other time together talking about them. So temporarily forget about the kids. Don't chat about the in-laws who are always a potential subject for a fight. Don't go there. And don't discuss money. For a lot of couples, this is a tense topic. Avoid it on dates. Focus on fun. Date night is not the time to deal with issues in your marriage or with the kids. Keep your date night sacred. If it's not a fun conversation, it's off limits, period. You must communicate with each other during the event. You might think this goes without saying, but how many couples think dinner and a movie is a great date night? Don't get me wrong, we do it too. It is easy and there are so many great movies out there, we will never have time to see them all. Once in a while, I think it is okay to see a movie. But you have to admit there is not much interaction that happens between spouses during a movie. Interaction and conversation is a must for date night to be fulfilling. We need to reconnect with each other, strengthen our bond and support each other during this special time together. The date doesn't end at the front door. Let this be one perk of being married. There's never a dilemma as to whether or not to let him in at the end of the date. Go ahead and finish off the date through the next morning. Wake up the next day gleaming over how the date was and talking about how much you look forward to the next, for all time's sake, then back to reality. We hope these guidelines will help you as you look to date your mate. Remember, the purpose is to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy each other during this marriage date. In closing, we'll leave you with one last thought that you may want to use. First, if you have children, here's something to prayerfully consider. A long-term benefit of dating your spouse is the model you set in place for your children. One of the best ways we can demonstrate love to our children is by expressing affection to our mates. When children have observed their parents placing priority on dating and romance, they will carry that expectation into their own significant relationships. Kids need to see quality, loving relationships in a world where those aren't the norm. It's not uncommon for kids to fear their parents will get a divorce. Half of their friends are children of divorce and many kids think it's only a matter of time before it happens to their family. Your dating can relieve a tremendous amount of pressure from your children and most of all set an example they will never forget. We hope you find all of this helpful so you can enjoy your marriage dates to the max. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. You are tuned to Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangi. 
A producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr Let us now listen to Crossroads singers with the song Nilitembea Kote. program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr Join me next time, same place, same time, but until then, may our God keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Hello, and a very warm welcome again. We are at the feet of Jesus, studying his word for daily renewal and revival. Today, we are going to study another interesting topic from the Bible, some great battles of the Bible. And we're going to look at Gideon's 300 men from the book of Judges. And we're going to, in our text that we're going to take into consideration is from Judges chapter 7, verse 7. Great Battles of the Bible, Gideon's 300, Judges chapter 7, verse 7. Let us pray. Eternal Father in heaven, we thank thee for such another opportunity again to be at your feet, to learn, and to be equipped as we go about our daily lives. It is our prayer this hour, dear God, that you speak to our hearts as we open up to you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great Battles of the Bible, Gideon's 300. Judges chapter 7 verse 7 tells us, And the Lord told Gideon, With the 300 men who lapped 
I will rescue you and will hand over the Midianites to you. Let all the other people go, each man to his home. Now, the account of Gideon is an amazing one that we draw lots of inspiration from. Gideon, the man of valor, that the Lord would use only 300 men out of an army of 32,000 to quite remarkably. Now, Gideon had an army of close to 32,000 men. By the instructions of God, these 32,000 men were scaled down to 300. My dear friends, this is very interesting and inspiring. There's something great inside of this message for us today. As I think about this story, I wonder, was the battle really against the Midianites? Or was the battle an inside job within the Israelites? The Midianites had um, terrorized the Israelites for seven good years, according to the book of Judges. They would come during the harvest seasons, destroy the harvest, and basically just take over the land. The Bible says that they would come with their livestock and their, their tent, and they would, they would be as numerous as locusts around, and just take over the lands of the Israelites during the harvest time. The Bible says they would come with their livestock and their tents, and they would just be as numerous as locusts. Things would be so bad that the men of Asia would run for their lives and hide in caves. These same Midianites are the ones that God, no, these same Midianites are the ones that Gideon went up against with only 300 men. These Midianites come in during the time of harvest to terrorize or to terrify the Israelites, taking over their, their lands with, with their livestock and, and everything. And the, and the Israelites would run to hide themselves. Now, is this same Midianites that Gideon is going against with, with these 300 men? Remember when we met Gideon, he is hiding. He has such a low self-esteem because of what he has uh, believed about himself and his family. That when the, angels, uh, the angel tells him to deliver Israel, he is taken by surprise. This is the same Gideon that God uses to deliver Israel. Now, when the, when the angel came to Gideon, Gideon asked for signs to be really sure that Yes, indeed, it is God's instruction or it's God's who lead him. And yes, the science was foretold. Though we walk a lot or though we talk a lot about Gideon's 300 men, it is the method that um, God used to give them victory that amazed me and makes me to wonder if the battle was really against the Midianites or within the minds of the Israelites. God gave them victory in the most unconventional way. I want us to see it from this angle. I want to read for your hearing. Judges chapter 7, verse 19 to 22. I want to read for your hearing. Let's go. It says, follow through. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. When the guides had just been charged, they blew the trumpets and smashed the pictures that were in their hands. When three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pictures, they held the touches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hand to blow. And they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Then each sword in his place around the camp. Then each stood in his place around the camp. And the entire Midianite army ran, crying out as they fled. When Gideon's men blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one Midianite against another, even throughout the whole army. And the army fled as far as Bethshetha. 
towards Zerath, as far as the border of Abel Mola by Tibath. To me, this was a test of faith in God and his word, actually. How do you go against an army that has terrorized you for seven years with trumpets and pitches and torches? To me, this is, this is just something different, but we're talking about God here. How do 300 men who have seen 31,700 of their brothers who had come to fight alongside of them go back home with a majority of 20, 22,000 of them to be extracted because they were overcome by fear still to go on the, on the fight? You know, these 300 men, actually, they, they saw their friends, their brothers going back home, returning home because of fight. They were afraid. But yes, they stood. And now they are going against these Midianites who terrified them, terrorized them for almost seven years. But see the things that they are going to to this war. They are going with torches. They are going with trumpets. Wow, this is amazing. Would they still believe that God was with them and they will win this battle? Yes, they did. And God gave them the victory. The battle is not against the enemy. Jesus already fought the battle and won it once and for all for us. Remember, he proclaimed, it is finished on the cross. The battle is in our hands now, or the battle is in our minds now. What do we believe as believers or as Christians? If we believe, then we will obey, no matter how uncon unconventional God's instructions are, no matter how unconventional God's words are to us today. No matter how unconventional his instructions are to us, we will definitely go and win the battle. My dear friends, if you really sit down and look at this entire story of Gideon and his 300 men, this is something so amazing for us today if we apply it in our daily lives. That God can use the impossible and make it possible. With God, all things are possible. Are you terrified today? Are you been terrified day after day with your own personal self, with your own self-esteem? My brother or my sister, I say to you today, Christ has already won the battle. If only we can accept it and believe that the battle has been won by Jesus Christ. Indeed, the battle belongs to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody, 